Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Ambridge on the Couch, an in-depth look at the archers with me, Jeff Thomas, Harriet Carmichael. <laughs> oh, this is ah, from last week. This is why I should have changed the script. <laughs> this is last yes. week's. Uh, welcome, it's me, Jeff Thomas. And I we'll... like your hair, Jeff. It's... <laughs> Thanks. You've really um, done a lot in the last and my week. How's my beard? <laughs> <laughs> the same. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Especially with this hangover. <laughs> Harriet Carmichael, Lucy V. Freeman, and our executive director, Kiopa. Now, before we make a start on your emails, Jeff, let's have a recap <laughs> on what happened this week in Ambridge. This week on The Archers was brought to you by the patriarchy and some really, really terrible Good advice. Oh. Well, the masked Avengers, or Cagney and Lace Up, whichever you prefer, went off to see Rob. They just Googled, where does Rob live? <laughs> yeah. Got the address, and off they went. Had a nice chat on the way down, so that was nice. I've never met a stronger family, said Lee. You're all terrifying and completely mad. No offence, Tom. We heard the car door slam. And the next thing was Lee and Tom pushing each other out of the way in their efforts to get back into the car while gibbering in high-pitched voices. Well, that went well, boys. Well done. Next morning, Lee was arrested and Helen went predictably ballistic. Two options Lee has. Going to prison or community resolution, which is when he colours in a picture of a flower and writes, Dear Rob, I am sorry I did push you. The aftermath of all this was, frankly, baffling. If you are in a relationship with someone whose coercive, controlling partner is on the loose, popping out from behind a cupboard when your partner is on her own, shouting, surprise, is not a good idea, Lee. (laughs) Helen nobly restrained herself from smashing him over the head with a wheel of sterling gold. And Tony invited him to lunch. Pat's made soup. He didn't invite Helen to lunch as she was too busy. But Lee, so he went. Then her own father basically said, oh, is Helen still being a big Miss Sulky Pants? Don't worry. She could be a proper bossy boots when she wants. In lighter but no less infuriating vein, if the trustees wanted any evidence of how right they were, uh, that Freddie is an irritating little tick, it was right there this week. I'm going to get a job as a DJ based on winning a potty little Eurovision competition in a desperate club in Birmingham. No, I don't want a management trainee scheme placed because you have a funny accent and meets like, ugh. Vince did make it about a hundred million times worse. Firstly for me, by just popping back up with an all right, bab, when I didn't even know he was coming. But then nobody tells me anything. And then he started wading in and taking the piss out of Freddie, which I can see must have been an irresistible temptation, but he's surely only going to provoke, you're not even my real dad. Rory also was back with nary a word of explanation after a cosmic row with his father and the rest of the family, which seems to have been forgotten. He'd come back on the coach which his father seemed to find fascinating. 
Um, it's like a big car with loads of windows and seats, Dad. <laughs> Halfway down the M3, the loo door swings open and a tsunami of wee surges oh. towards the back of the coach, where a man is sitting with a Tupperware box on his head, trying to persuade <laughs> the lady next to him that Eamon Holmes talks to him through his radiator. We got one storyline nicely boxed up, though. After a lot of clenched conversations and willy-waving from Justin and Brian, Stella's got her job back. She was having a drink with Justin when Brian popped up so rapidly when Justin went for a wee. Really, he needn't have been quite so prompt, as men of Justin's age tend to take at least 20 minutes, in my experience. That I was convinced Brian had been under the table the whole time. And finally, here's some enlightened advice from the archers. And believe me, it is some of the worst advice I've ever heard. It was like lessons from a Victorian novella. Firstly, from David. You need to make an old man still feel that he's powerful and in control because otherwise he gets nasty and fires you. From Lee. Don't believe your partner when she tells you that her ex that she went to prison for was a coercive controller. Wait until you see it yourself and then say, oh, you were right. Mm. From Pat. When your brother suggests that the only well to when when your son suggests that the only well to deal with violence is more violence. Don't be angry with him. It's just because he's a boy. All of you archers need some sort of bloody rehabilitation or at the very least an island where you can all leave women alone. Honestly, how did the entire 21st century and the Me Too movement pass you all by so successfully? You utter, utter pranits. Helen, <laughs> put the custard on. We're all with you. The end. Well, there, no, I didn't, hadn't even thought about those what things that you said. That's all true, <laughs> Lucy. what you said. Yes. But <laughs> I... So I, I didn't mind, though, that they... I know it was a bit patriarchy when or whatever the word is sexist or man in controlist when david said you should listen to your boss basically mm. but i didn't mind that because i think stella actually hadn't really although she i thoroughly approve of her getting that drill etc cetera, etc cetera, i guess brian is the boss and she did and i just thought it was interesting that she got another opinion mm. and it made her go okay well do you know what i'm I'm bigger than this mm. and I really want my job back and so I didn't mind it because in a way she's more powerful than Brian anyway in that she she knows that he is sort of a weak man and just needs somebody to go sorry but she lost her job because of his ego yeah but then she got it back again in like within sort of five seconds <sighs> yeah. yeah I know what you mean because also how how does she know now that's never going to happen yeah. again so basically, not, as long then, as you give them exactly what they want, you're safe. But then on the other hand, she also did, she did in her head go, well, maybe I did do the wrong thing. So for her, it wasn't about um, Brian being, you know, the sort of, well, of course, he's the egotistical boss. But in her head, he is the boss. Yeah. And so she didn't do what she thought maybe she should have done <laughs> i really I liked her following him round on open farm sunday where he's trying to stop children <laughs> slashing the tires of his tractor and everything else going so david yeah so did i do it wrong or not david david did i what do you think um, hang, hang on a second there's, there's somebody on my steering oh my god they're literally driving my tractor away somebody's weeing on the cows hang on a minute hang on a minute <laughs> I don't, I don't care because, well, also, I just, I'm so glad that she's not indebted to Justin. Yes. I was really getting a bit stressed about some sort of awful mm. sort of debt she was going to have to pay mm. off if she gets into Justin's trousers or Ooh. something yucky like that. I'm just glad she's got her job back. Mm. And the thing about, like, sometimes, you know, saying sorry to dickheads is it doesn't take much 
to to sort of like um as long as you don't mean it it's fine exactly lucy exactly <laughs> oh it, that's like, very principled <laughs> no but you know it's because it is actually an easy word to say and for people and who mean. yeah it, you know who who need you just it need that yeah, yeah, yeah they just need yeah. that sort of justification don't yeah. they but you know like you if you're the bigger person anyway it doesn't matter because you know that they're just a bit weaker than you yeah It'll make it okay and you can just get on with your day. Yeah. It's just the endless humouring, you know, humouring men. Let's all humour men, otherwise they sack you or they punch you. Except that she did think, well, I mean, because I didn't didn't really understand the whole farm manager, blah, blah, blah. She weighed it up and thought, this job is more important to me than saying sorry to him. Exactly. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, you know what her also her job is more important her future is much more important than brian's so Mm. she's only thinking of herself and just to go do you know what i maybe i was wrong actually and i'm sorry it didn't take it wasn't tricky for her because she's a sensible woman yeah yeah okay you know how much i like sensible women i will but i just got very steamed up this week with the whole robin helen thing and so I think I'm seeing... I did think, yeah, Lee and Tom were complete dickheads, weren't they? <sighs> I d- I, honestly, as if you wouldn't realise, of course you're going to make things... Yeah. ...a hundred and fifty million times. Even if Lee hadn't punched him, Rob could have just gone... Uh, all, you know, it could have just messed up all the restraining order and... Helen it... has got more sense and brains in her yeah. forefinger than those two have got put together. And yeah. yet they felt... That in one meeting they could achieve what a lawyer, what a what yeah. Helen herself had failed to achieve in you know seven years or whatever it was. Um, you know, no, we can do it. All we need to do is go around there and talk to him. Well, it you was know, actually Tom. It was the, well, it was the arrogance of Tom really, and I liked it when Helen said, "This is not. This is all about you." Yeah, you know, exactly. you've made it all yeah. about you yeah. because it's Tom's pride and. Yeah. Oh, you know, it, 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 he was just selfishly yeah. going there to make his, to boost his ego, basically. There was that nice little reminder of the chat that they were having in the car when Lee said, so uh, would you, if John hadn't died, would you not be at the farm now? Yeah. And it was all about, you know, t- Tom is forever making up for his brother dying. And he's, you know, in whatever way he can do that, he's just going to keep keep doing it. And he needs, he really needs his dad's approval, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, that is sad, actually. But, but he's no still a irritating. dick. Yes. And Lee, I mean, but it was, it was I don't know, like, I, it, because we didn't hear what happened, it was a weird episode, wasn't it? Because it was sort of like, oh, here's an idea, let's go. And then they just went and then they came back. Yeah. It was a bit like when you make up a story when you're a kid. Yes. And you just do the beginning yeah. and the end. You yes. forget about the middle, and, and I found I it a bit frustrating. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I did. Can I have a word, Ellen? <laughs> so is Harrison. There's no other policeman on duty ever. No, no. And considering he barely works a stroke, there's you know. <laughs> um, uh, I did the bits that made me love they, them get scrambling to get back in the car again. Going, it's fine, it's fine. We've done it now. It's fine, it's fine. Actually, made me laugh out loud, and I thought, oh, that is wildly inappropriate. The time laughing, but that scene was so stupid. It, it there was nothing else you could do but laugh. It wasn't frightening at all. It was just, it was like two 
two sixth form boys thinking they could take on the, you know, the local gangster sort of thing. And they go, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. That went I really mean, wrong. Oh. In a way though, I'm actually happier that Lee, I'm, I think it's actually better that, that they went there and Lee punched him. <laughs> Even though it made things a million times worse. Mm. It would have been, I, I think if I was Helen, I think at least you'd go, I mean, of course it's stupid and it's very pathetic to think this, but he went and he, well, he wanted to punch Rob's lights out. And actually, I think that's quite cool. <laughs> if <laughs> my boyfriend did that for me, I'd be really happy. <laughs> I mean, of course, he's made things a million times worse. But he, Lee can't, Lee couldn't, you know, Lee couldn't express himself. I think it would be really difficult not to express yourself like that. Mm. If you saw that man that you know has been causing so much and obviously your head would go don't be a dick you'll make mm. this worse mm. but your heart and your emotions are going to go i need to i mm. need to punch you really hard mm. and that's a, a very basic thing isn't it but yes so i still think yeah i'm right yeah you're right lucy well done he was right sick isn't he he's got brain but, cancer he was having chemo yeah. that's why he he no, but then why didn't he? Scan. So I thought, I thought, wait, because when he was like, wait, Helen, there's yeah. something else I must tell you. Yeah. I thought, okay, he's going to tell her. But then why then in the hospital did he, was he denying that he'd been ill? Because she wants, he wants the scans to come back. She'll now be listed as his first point of contact because she was with him in the ambulance. So as his, you know, you have somebody with you and she said, are, we, yeah. are you his partner? And she sort of said, um, yeah, or whatever, just to sort of you know move things along yeah. with the nurses um and then the nurse will announce oh well of course you know bearing in mind your chemo treatment and it will be a double a real shock for her so rather than him telling her he wants her to be extra shocked by finding oh. out from you know he's sort and of withholding it, it to give it more impact so that he can then use it as a bargaining chip to see right jack i think well she was already falling for his mm. um and I have to say, I found that quite an affecting episode, did yeah. you? Yes. I found it really upsetting because... Well, as we know, know, I had a nightmare about it afterwards. Yeah, you, you had a terrible that's... nightmare about it, but about <laughs> someone else. Far too, far too, <laughs> you know, well, it, far too authentic. It was horrible. I think, well, A, it brings back all the emotions that we all went through as an audience. Mm, yeah. But also, they're so... They're, they're so believable that, you know, yeah. and I suppose we're so emotionally invested yeah. in those characters that, of course, it's going to be upsetting. But they're both so believable as well that I, when I couldn't bear it when Helen was going, he's still a child. Yeah. I thought, oh my God, it was so, it was so sad. I yeah. loved it that she went, no, wait, wait, yes. no, you can't speak. I haven't finished. I was so, I was really gunning for her. And then, but Rob was so g clever, wasn't he? Yeah. And that's the thing, because he is, when when I was at drama school, we used to do these exercises, I don't know, the Stanislavski or Stanislavski or something like that. And it's, and it, and it's all about you, you're only acting to get your objective. So yeah. whenever you're playing a scene, you, you keep your obje objective in mind and you, so you sort of cleverly use tactics mm. to, you know, you can seduce someone or you can um, make someone pity you, but you know, you're, you're ever getting closer to the objective. And Rob is so good at that because he never puts a foot wrong, does yeah. he? Because every time he goes slightly out of line, he's like, he was like, oh, I apologize. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You're right. Da, 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 da. And in the end, and I was like, oh my God, he's a good guy after <laughs> all. Oh, bless him. <laughs> Let him see Jack Ellen. He just wants to be a daddy. <laughs> 
But then I thought, he's so clever. And then by the end of that scene, he sounded... No, it was by the end of the hos- at the uh, at the end of the hospital, he had that tone of voice back that he yeah. used to have yeah. when he was always going. It's fine, Helen. Yeah. Everything's okay. Yeah. You're all right. You know, and, and he had her in his clutches again, didn't he? That's um. Uh, Rob, I believe, has narcissistic personality disorder, and uh, Ooh, there is. Wanna... Yeah, sorry. Yes. You've got ex- have you you've got experience of that? Uh, no, well, I you know from clients and things like that. Right. Um, but <laughs> there's um, uh, what they do is mm-hmm. they they um, they will never be wrong. Yeah. Their motive is the only thing that matters. They only relate to other people in terms of what those people can do for them. And then when they are um, sort of uh, held accountable for their behaviour, which they won't ever be. They use a technique called DAVO. The acronym is DAVO, which stands for Deny, Attack, Reverse Victim and Offender. Whoa. Which is exactly what he did in that. He what? Deny, s- attack? Deny, attack. So you say Reverse. that they, they say that didn't, that didn't happen like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I felt really bad. You made me feel really bad because you wouldn't do what I wanted. Yeah. So actually, so reverse victim and offender is I'm the victim here, you're the offender, and somehow you end up apologising to them. Oh, I see. So you yeah. turn them tables. Yes. Which he did do. And they don't kind of... Uh, it's it's self-blame through abuse, basically. Um, so you, you're very reasonable. You're very calm like he was. Well, he did push me. It wasn't how he said. But, you know, I can understand, yeah. Helen, how you would... So then she starts to think, oh, okay, maybe he did then. Maybe it is worse than I thought. Maybe yeah. he did lose. You know, it's incredibly clever, inc- incredibly insidious. And it comes from a place of them being unable to contemplate that what they did was wrong because they genuinely believe that yes. they aren't wrong. They're, whatever they do in the moment, they completely believe. Even though well, they can do yeah. the absolute reverse in 10 minutes, they totally believe that as well. But yeah, you can tell even in the way that he was talking to Helen that he absolutely yeah. believed in himself. Yeah. But is there a scenario where he has worked on himself and he's a different person? No, narcissists can't. Because to do yeah. that, you have to accept that even if knows you're more living you in, do. yeah, even if you live in North Dakota for six years, yes, on your own. Unfortunately, it doesn't matter where you are. You take yourself with you. What's he been doing? Living on his own in North Dakota. Oh, planning, plotting. Don't yeah, know. it's weird, isn't it? Feeling I think there's going to be some crime drama podcast mm. about Rob Titchener yeah. in Dakota. Yeah. Um, okay, so because part of me, obviously, you want to believe that people change and that he's a good man and everybody's going to live happily ever after, but clearly not. Yeah. That wouldn't be a drama anyway, would it? No. <laughs> but he did call Jack Jack and not Gideon. Yes, but that would be because he he would know that that was how to... Once he's got Helen, now he's got that complacent tone back in his voice again because mm. he knows that he's brought her back into the game. She's, you know... She's... I mean, because when he fell, she was like, oh, Rob! Yeah. I guess as well, you can't... However much you hate someone, if you've loved someone, those feelings do come back even, you know, after many years, don't mm. they? I mean, she it would take a very brave loving... person just to step away and go, I did... I did wonder how the rest of the cafe was reacting to this well <laughs> complete silence 
that woman who appeared at the beginning, I'm not sure oh, if she was a waitress yeah. or just a, another customer being very helpful. She'd would, just gone, gone down like into some cellar. Would you like a tissue? your girlfriend there seems to be <laughs> yeah. having some sort of fit. Help, help, my, my Robert, this guy. And there's just silence. Everybody in Swindon just looking on glassy-eyed while this drama took place. Or all it pretending was... not to listen. Well, they were having a massive <laughs> yeah. row, but we all just pretended not to hear. We pretended we couldn't hear. And he had a stab wound. Mm. Because I, I, I didn't, took me ages when he said um, uh, something like she said. Oh, yes, I might explode you? at any minute because of what you did to me. Yes, I hadn't even, yeah. I didn't even clock that. Of and that's probably not even stabbing. true if it was six years ago. He'd be well healed. It could well not be true, but it's just another way of doing that thing of just reminding gently, you know, yes. you did this. I'm not going they're on just, about it. I'm just saying. Yeah. I just think they're so good. Whoever w- was writing yeah. that episode. Yeah. Or, the thing is, like, the poor old archers, they've got so much content. They've got so much writing. Mm. They've got, so, it's you know, there's a lot of output, isn't it? And mm. you can't, obviously, it can't all be 100% five stars. But when they do those, I mean, I'd say 99% of it is absolutely brilliant. But when they do the those sort of special mm. scenes, they are really, really yeah, good. They really are. And the calibre of those actors as well, it's... They're, so they're just good. fantastic. I was wondering actually if they, because the funny thing is, like you know, when some of the cast are working together or haven't worked together for a while, and then then they'll post pictures or be like, "Yay, got to work with so and so today!" Yay! But Helen and Rob can't really sort of then <laughs> post on social media. Yay! With their arms around I mean, each yeah. other and their tongues out. And <laughs> Hashtag two up and a... reunited with Rob. Yay! <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> love this guy. <laughs> yeah, love... this guy. <laughs> This guy, because <laughs> it just would be weird. <laughs> but um, I am so happy he came back. They teased yes, us and I know, teased I us. Know. I mean, maybe they really got him for. Well, is he gonna? Because when, when when we didn't hear him when in the, oh, in the fight scene, no, I thought, oh, I know. you are having a laugh here. And you, you were so me? you were so cross last week, yeah. Lucy. You and Jeff yeah. that he hadn't. Still hadn't. Well, Jeff appeared. had got up really early to listen because I'd bigged it up so. Oh, he's brilliant! He's so brilliant! And he was like, "Oh yeah," but he wasn't there. Yeah, you told me as well. <laughs> no. I was gutted that I was missing I got the out wrong on Friday. that Friday. Somebody said, oh. "Oh, it's Friday," and I thought it's got to be this Friday, and of course it wasn't. It was next Friday. Anyway. Don't worry, Lucy. There was always the bonus episode, <laughs> which I didn't listen how to, it unfortunately. All started, and that was. I, I'm going to listen back to that. Mm. It is chilling. Yeah, I bet it is, actually. Yeah. Um, if anyone wants to listen to, to my back catalogue of Shambridges, I've got a quite a good one there called Stab in the Dark, Lucy. <laughs> That's my most popular one. And I listened to it and I was quite, quite pleased, actually. Were you chuckling when, away at your own? Yeah, I was. That's so sad. <laughs> Sometimes if I need a little boost. Where can people find your collected well, Lucy, works? They could go to soundcloud.com slash Shambridge. Okay. Or, or Shambridges, I can't remember. <laughs> One of them. This is why we're so the... good at self-publicity. <laughs> uh, well. What is on the sounding cloud? <laughs> Go to that pre- thing, you know, where my things are, and put in the name of them, one of the names, I don't remember which one, and probably they might be there. It will It will be there. Mm. Yeah, that was my most popular um, Shambridge ever. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. And it must have been just after she'd stabbed him, because there was a lot about... 
burying people in patty. Uh, Kirsty was ba- yeah. Kirsty had blood on her hands and all that. Yeah. Because I don't really remember. Like you know when he was when she stabbed him in the kitchen. Yeah. Then what happened immediately after that? Did she run away or did she call Kirsty? Kirsty turned up, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then they called an ambulance. Yeah. Oh, okay, fine. They didn't. They didn't scarper. No. And Jeff it. was asking me last week, um, why did nobody support Helen? What did her friends do when she was there? And I had forgotten that both Krusty and Ian were out of the picture when it was all happening. When it when it was building up the abuse, um, because Krusty was back in Wales with her oh. family, and Ian was somewhere else. I don't remember where. So she was isolated. No, but, and she didn't let them in because. Kirsty did try to help. Yes, her, didn't she? and then and then when but when they came back and were available to support yeah. her, the abuse it was had too got late. so she she got it so convinced that yeah. only it was interesting though, wasn't it? When she said, I thought that was a lovely bit of writing. When um, she said, I've just got to sort this out myself because my, basically my family are just idiots who yeah. are only making things worse. Quite rightly, uh, she said, I'm the only one that understands him. Yeah, and that's that's another thing that happens in. NPD abuse which is I'm uh, I'm the only one that can deal with him and there's an element of that's why it becomes quite a sinister codependent relationship because they make you feel important by saying you're the only one that understands me I got that impression as well when she said that that she was it's It's like saying I'm the only one I'm the only one that can that can that can handle this savage dog so in a way, you're sort of not jealous of the other people trying, but it's sort it's it's it is, isn't it? It's like I'm the only one who's loved yeah. by him as well. Yeah. So it becomes a psychodrama between two people. Yeah. It's incredibly yeah. intense. It's really sad that. Yeah. But quite telling. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. Writing. Um. Oh, what was I going to say about Kirsty? Oh yeah, you know in the in the bonus episode which I haven't listened to yet, and you know when it's how it started. Because I vividly remember the episode that we first heard. Well, one of them anyway. One of the very first ones was when he said, you're not wearing that dress. Do you remember mm. that? That I remember then thinking, huh? Yeah. Because uh, I don't think... And it was just so quick. And he just... She said, oh, how do I look in this? And he said, no, you're not wearing that dress. Yeah. You have to wear the other one. And that was it. And then there was nothing for ages. Yeah. Maybe and we... For yeah. me, it was Little Miss Giggly. When she'd had... Oh. Ian and Adam had come over for dinner... And uh, they'd had an ostensibly nice evening. And she'd had, you know, a couple of glasses of wine yeah. and was letting her hair down. And he said, come on then, little Miss Giggly. And she went, oh. And you could see her sort of trying to shake her head and sober herself up and thinking, oh, oh I'm, am I drunk? Am I, am I making a fool oh, of myself? And it was, God. and loads of people picked up on that on oh. Twitter. Suddenly little Miss Giggly was everywhere because it was such a. Oh, I didn't even cut yeah. that one. Come on, let's get you home before you start making a... A fool start, of Before yourself. you start embarrassing yeah. yourself. Yeah. You know, all that. A bit like Ooh. me last night. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> I didn't really. Was there dancing? I just danced with young people. Oh. Well, there wasn't dancing. That was the problem. But you Harris know, I like to dance. four hours sleep, ladies and gentlemen. Four hours. It's mm. not very much, is it? No. Anyway, um, uh, and you know I love my sleep. Because mm. I get eight hours every night, pretty yeah. much, rain or shine. Yeah. And um, so four hours is like, oh my, how, how on earth am I going to function for the rest of the day? Because mm. I'll only be able to do half a day today because I've had half amount of sleep. Can you nap? Yeah, I'm going to nap. Okay. Yeah, I quite like a nap. I love a nap. I, I actually really like a nap when it's sort of a sweaty day like today. Yes. 
I like siesta. being a bit sticky. Yeah. Yeah. Because you feel like you're on holiday. Yeah. I had such a good nap yesterday because oh, I, I, I can't sleep at the, at the minute because oh, I'm Lucy. too stressed about the house and everything. Oh. And I woke, I woke up at, uh, in the middle of the afternoon and I had absolutely no idea where I was. <laughs> I was in oh, my that's bed horrible. at home. And I was like, Hurrah! and I oh, was no, just looking awful. around thinking, what is happening? Who am I and where am I? It was oh, awful. Lucy, that's awful. It was like being catapulted out of a coma and I just had oh. no idea. Did you have jet lag for the rest of the day? Yeah, I had that really weird. That's awful. Groggy, not quite there. Because what I've started, well, I never nap, but I did actually have a nap last weekend. And I had, I did that thing where I had a coffee. Oh, yeah. Then I went straight to bed. Yeah. And I don't know if I even fell asleep, but I, I, I might have fallen asleep for about three minutes. But when I woke up or came out of my, the zone, I was like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. The rest of the day. And it was great. It is. It's like a hard reset. If you get it right, it's yes. like a hard reset. If you get it wrong, yeah, if you you're have just too on three-quarter charge for the rest of the day. Oh, that's, I think you only need like two minutes. <laughs> but genuinely, I think because it it's almost psychosomatic mm. if, you're, if you tell your brain it's had a good rest. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, that was a little so, Linda Snell sniff you did there. It's a hay fever sniff. <laughs> Well, she has hay fever, doesn't she, Linda? It's terrible pollen this year, Lucy. I saw your tweet about your daughter oh, yeah. and I did sympathise. <laughs> oh, for people not on Twitter, <laughs> I said, um, my, my poor daughter, Tilly, really bad has got such year. bad hay fever. She said she'd, she'd sneezed so much she'd given herself abs because <laughs> <laughs> her stomach muscles were actually aching from tensing, could, from sneezing. She should start a new TikTok trend. <sighs> one, of her, one of her eyes was sort of half shut yesterday. She looked like Garfield. And yeah, she was, it's awful. She's just talking to me like that the whole time. She said, I think it's a bit better today, mum. Oh. <laughs> it's not really, is it, darling? You look terrible. I, I mean, I, do, I never have hay fever, really. And not, and um, But my daughter's got it really badly this year for the first time ever. And I've been just blocked up for ages. Mm. And I get itchy eyes occasionally. But not a bad, not bad. But I know it's bad because I don't have hay fever. And even I'm a bit hay feverish. Yeah, yeah. It's... I mean, just maybe it's just the time of year. I think it's um, a combination of, I think it's certain pollens come out at different times with different it's intensities. Grass this time, yeah, and tree pollen and grass pollen. Tree pollen is the, early, the earliest one. And I think it, it, I think when you have very wet followed by very hot temperatures, it, it seems to make it worse. I don't oh. know. And it also depends on the pressure and how low the pollen is and all that stuff. It can just piss off. Yeah. <laughs> It's so and it's so awful that it's always when the children are doing exams. It's so wrong. Oh God, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Because actually, it's it's. I think as well because I don't have it badly, but I know how hay fever sufferers genuinely really suffer because it's one of those things that you, as if you don't have it and you can't, and your per, your person with hay fever is functioning, so you don't yeah. really see it. But they are in such agony, aren't they? Because it's so frustrating and. I think it's just really debilitating. And, it's just like yeah. having a horrible cold that yeah. never goes. Poor things. And when they have to the take antihistamines thing. and they feel a bit dozy and they've got dozy. to do an exam and all that. It's not fair. Oh, dear. Well, what you've got to... What your, it's your fault, Lucy, because you didn't take Tilly to a farm oh, on yes. day two of her birth. And rub cow shit into her Yes, face and le- you're supposed to actually leave them there for a week. Right. You're supposed to just put them in their what Moses What sort of medieval in- bullshit is this? <laughs> It was in one of the baby books I read. Oh, my God. You go to a farm, you put them in the, in their pram, and you just leave them there for the day, and you do that for a whole week. Okay. 
So next time you have a baby, anybody, um, just, you know, a little bit of advice for you there. <laughs> Go and see David and Ruth. Oh, another baby. Let's well, put it, it in the a barn. Well, pensioners. <laughs> yeah. That's what they should do. They should just massively exploit uh, anxious West London yeah. mothers. Yeah, the worried well. Just, yes. Just give your, yeah. Give us and your children. we'll take the baby for a week. Uh, can do some milking with me. <laughs> Be on the silage clamp. <laughs> Just mind the nudist drill. Uh, Stella, can you move that sharp bit out of the way? Don't forget there's a baby there. Be careful. Oh, David. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh. Actually, that that's Josh's job, isn't it? Because yeah. instead of the elderly, he can just start bringing buggies along. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe actually, it's a great idea bring the elderly and the babies. Yeah. And just where sit them Josh? in a corner. Ben, Ben, I meant Ben. Yeah, but where is Josh? Uh, Josh is um, worrying about eggs. Is he in he's, the chicken uh, hut? He's in the chicken hut. Okay. Well, no. Well, him and Crying. Pip are hiding, aren't they? Mm. <gasps> Pip hasn't been in it for ages. No. Oh, do you know what? Uh, yeah. we've, we've got a message about Pip. Oh, yeah. An email from Sue from... Smith. Oh. Who said, I work as a dressmaker and I have shortened Daisy Badger's trousers. She is nothing like Pip. So there we go. <laughs> That's not the only thing she said, but I just read the end of her email because it related to Pip. Um, the start of her email is about DJ Freddie P. Oh, God, Freddie. Oh, please, Freddie, grow up. As the mum of a 25-year-old DJ... I thought oh. my teeth grinding. <laughs> good. What? Yeah, no, that's good. So they yeah. do exist. I thought my teeth grinding was because of my slight knowledge of the profession. My son works in a club in a big... This is after she listened to us, me and uh, Jeff, bitching about DJ Freddie P. Oh, yeah. My son works in a club in a big university town. He has worked in bigger venues as the warm-up for the headliner. He's taken part in a competition to be the resident DJ for a drink brand's pop-up venue during festival season. He didn't get invited to do any of this while spinning the discs upstairs at the pub. Mm. He's posted sets on Mixcloud, and as you said, he had to do tryouts at all the venues he's worked in. He also has a sideline designing merch that he sells at gigs and on his website. It's all grown out of him entertaining his mates at lunchtime at Sixth Form College. So he's had a lot longer to you know, uh, well, to, to sort of do, to, to get a name for himself. Whereas Freddie just assumes he's going to be, you know. I mean, but it's a bit annoying because Freddie, I, I think they've treated Freddie, Freddie quite badly because Freddie it isn't as, well, he clearly is as thick as they've made him sound, but you have to be pretty thick, don't you, to think, oh yeah, I'm going to be a DJ now. Yeah. And I'm going to go and do all the sets in Ibiza and I'm going to. Yeah. Well, it, it's uh, it's actually annoying because I felt like Freddie was he when he was sort of mentoring Chelsea in the cafe and stuff felt like he was on a path to being mm, a bit yeah and you know and then and obviously and then there was you know all the the Linda stuff and his rehabilitation from prison and all that and it felt like he was on a path to a bit more maturity but actually they've just they've just uh, stripped all those yeah years away now and he's back to being a dick and yes exactly and it, it's like every 11 year old boy wants if you ask them what they want to be they say they want to be a youtuber because yes, they exactly. just look at that and think well why wouldn't you want to? that's what i do every day i think i'm hilarious and you know 
and they get millions of pounds. So obviously that's what I want to be. And there's no there's no sort of uh, appreciation of the amount of steps in between. And Freddie's that's that's what an eight that's what a seventeen year old would say. Not what he's doing is what a seventeen year old would say. I think not a twenty four year old. He's not yeah. that daft. Because also he sounds a bit. You know, and now when he's with Rory and Ben, they actually sound more. He's he's yeah. sort of acting like a clown, isn't yeah. he? And yeah, and it just yeah, it's a bit grinding. I mean, I understand grating. that he doesn't want to be boxed into a career because it must be like being, you know, born into the royal family. You don't have a choice. You just this mm. is this is your your cards, and you know, unless you do a Harry and Meghan, and in which case you become the story anyway. Mm. But. But then to be so dismissive of Vince when there are so many kids so that rude. would absolutely love the chance with absolutely bugger all qualifications and a prison sentence to be put on a management trainee scheme with no, you know, and no skill, you know, but, but, and then to also, be, I'm not doing that. The, the trouble with Freddie is he goes, oh, they just can't see beyond my prison. It, no, it's not just that they can't see beyond mm. your prison You um, haven't done anything to make up for it. Exactly. Mm. What have you actually achieved in the life? You know, you haven't sh- you haven't even shown that you're interested in professional mm. development here. Really, you're just anyway. It's well, so what's bo- so it's- weird is that Lily is actually studying this. Yes, yes. And, but, and why haven't they said, <laughs> Freddie, well, go and study it? Yeah. Or or okay. I, if I was Elizabeth, I would have said, I yeah, I totally understand. Don't worry. Lily, luckily, Lily's studying yeah. it, so let's give her the job <laughs> of running the house. <laughs> I uh, and also it just it doesn't it's. I don't care anyway, do you? I mean, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. Let Freddie go and fail at being a DJ. Yeah. And then come back and maybe Lily will give him a job in the orangery. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, something's got to happen because I, I frankly refuse to believe that we're going to get a, an international DJ is going to emerge from a small village in the Midlands. I mean, it, it might be quite funny to have Freddie working for Vince. Because, mm. you know, Vince, I think... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
take but then again that but then that might be a sort of too similar to the George working film. Yeah. And also we then have to go and hear Vince at work and you know hear meat being chopped up. Ew. Gross. Yeah. You sound like Freddie. Meat? (laughs) Me working for Casey Meats. Yeah, no, it's far better that you are, you know, dicking around playing Come On Eileen for a group of... I mean, you'd only get, like, well, I I have have no idea. But I can't imagine you'd get much more than your your expenses if you're starting out as a DJ. Yeah. How, whatever, however big the club is, if you don't have any experience, you're not going to get enough to pay for a flight to Ibiza, are you? No. Pay for a flight and accommodation to the med. And then, and then just to, uh, you know, just to turn up there, eh? And, and, yeah, just, just, and, but, but he did say, didn't he, when Vince said, how's it going? And he said, not great, because he couldn't find any flights that he could afford, so... You know, I think reality is going to hit yeah. fairly soon. And that's fine. And the young people, you know, you, that is when you should follow your dream when you're that age because you don't have yes. dependents. You don't have, you're not saving your pet for your pension and all that stuff. You can go out and, you know, work in a bar to make some money. But maybe he's like a Kenton figure. He's going to go off and disappear for a bit and do international he's things. He's going to do yar off somewhere. Mm. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, you know. But he doesn't he have can to be if... so rude and so dismissive no, of people that are trying exactly. to help him. Like his mum when exactly. he just didn't turn up for work. I thought, you little oh, shit. so rude. Because she, is he paying her, you know, like, is he actually paying rent to her? Yeah. I doubt it. And, and why wouldn't you, 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 like, he's so stupid, isn't he? Because if you don't understand what a privileged position you've come from, you're not going to make it at all in the world now are you you yeah. can't you can't not be aware of your priv- privilege yes and you know and he's just acting like a proper tosser well especially when he's after that whole painting business you know yes, which is exactly. all about his privilege and then he's like oh i'm not doing it and, and and the slavery stuff and Dimwit. Anyway, well, I, I, it's we, we're literally wasting energy talking about yes. him because I really like Freddie, but I do, I just don't like this sport brat storyline, so I don't care. Um, <laughs> I don't care. Um, um, this is from um Ali Smith. Yes. Who says uh, Ali Smith? She wants to. She, I know an Ali Smith, but he is a producer. Oh no, this is a, this is a lady Ali. Ali Smith, Smith DJ. You need. Um. And uh, she said, uh, "It's a weekly opportunity. Our podcast is a weekly opportunity, which I don't have in real life to take part vicariously in a chat with like-minded folk." Um, and uh, she said she. Don't I don't get the need to criticise as well as praise the show. Um, i.e. she was talking about the people that had uh, written. She calls them about, misguided was... negative reviews. Oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> so I didn't know if she was talking about the Archers or us. N- um... <laughs> the badly written <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it, it's not written. <laughs> um now this so yeah. thank you very much ali thank that's you. very kind of you thanks ali um this is from terry white who's very good at uh um uh, filling us in on on details that we've got wrong uh, or that we've forgotten uh terry says when tom jilted crusty they both mm. left the village for about a year tom to canada and crusty to formby 
meaning that for the 12 months or so when Rob was seriously gaslighting, the two oh. people most likely to help Helen, best friend and brother, were out of the picture. Oh, right. I've always believed that good drama, though it was in its own right, the jilting storyline was principally intended to increase Helen's vulnerability and also to recast Tom. It was after Krusty's return that the burner phone, etc., cropped up when she saw the extent of Rob's power and Helen's deterioration. Oh, I see. So that's what you were saying earlier. Mm. They did. They. I thought Adam had gone. I thought Ian had gone somewhere as well, but it wasn't. It was Tom and uh, Tom and Krusty that both left her. Uh, right now, this is um, Bridget Deutsch, who says she's from uh, Kalamata in Greece. Oh, I'd love to go and see you there. <laughs> <laughs> Can I come? Kalamata, that's the olive. Yes. She lives in a massive olive. Oh, and does she live in a massive olivery by the sea? Yes, obviously. Oh, does it look like the one out of the Durrells? Yes, obviously. Oh, I want to go anyway. there and live with her. <laughs> Stop stalking, <laughs> listeners. Um, Bridget says, you are forgetting another player in the home farm saga. When Debbie was over for the funeral, there was a conversation with Brian in which she seemed to be promising to get rid of Stella so that Debbie could return to the UK and manage the farm. I took his enthusiasm for firing her as him seizing a chance to make good his promise rather than a sign that he's losing his grip. So if Adam sticks to his policy of letting Stella carry the can in the hope of coming back to management position at the farm, he may be very disappointed. Well, he is anyway. So did you listen to our um, last week? Did you know what the what the hell is happening here clip? Um, I listened to it and I thought, I, d- I don't think I knew what it was. And I thought, oh, but I'll, I thought, and I'll definitely remember, but now I can't remember at all. <laughs> but I'm pretty, you knew what it was, didn't you? Yes. But I don't think I did. What was it again? Who so was it? It was, uh, Rob and Kirsty, because Jeff was going. Oh yes, I did Rob know. and yeah, Kirsty yeah. married? Yeah, no, no, no. I knew, I knew yeah. what it was. Yeah. So, uh, Bridget is correct and says it was Rob and Kirsty in rehearsals yeah. for one of Linda's plays. I think I they were made Marion and Robin Hood. Yeah. Kirsty learned that Rob had pursued a relationship with Helen without telling her he was married and expecting his wife to move to the village. Hence, much gritting of teeth and lack of romance in their onstage encounters. I did find it funny that Jeff, because obviously, if you know, if you knew that they were acting, you could tell that they were doing yeah. the play. But Jeff was like, "Why are they married?" <laughs> It really flummoxed him. <laughs> well, I think I think Jeff is now getting used to the fact that absolutely anything could happen. So when I was trying to explain to him the Grundys, he was going, "So Emma was married to both <laughs> brothers, yeah, and, I, yeah. and and exactly. which one does George yeah. belong to?" And I'm going, "Uh, Will, Ed, no, Will." <laughs> In going, a new do they know head. which one? Ed? <laughs> Yeah, in a new li- for a new listener, it's perfectly plausible that Kirsty yeah. might have been married yeah. to Rob. Kirsty was Rob's first wife. Before <laughs> she was married to Philip. <laughs> yes. Um, ah, now, Steve Burge, who deserves... Um, uh, uh, but he is our mystic Meg. He's spot on with his prediction. He oh, predicted yeah? this at the start of the week. My guess for the plot line is that Tom and Lee totally balls up the meeting with Rob to such an extent that Rob is able to manipulate the outcome to make it look like he's the victim and it will help his legal case for access slash shared custody of Jack. Yes. Helen, Tony, Pat and Natasha will all go mad at them, causing further ructions to the family, probably to such an extent that Helen and Lee split up and Lee leaves for San Francisco. It, it does seem like that it's definitely yeah. heading towards yeah. up because actually, why would they have bothered putting Lee's family over in San Francisco otherwise? Yeah. I think this is all, he's definitely heading for San Fran. Yeah. And I think um, uh, there's sort of a, uh, there's a tone in Helen's voice, which yes, implies I'm done with you. You're 
you well, know, I can't trust you. So And also it's I can't you I can't connect with you on this. Mm. You know, they're they're too disconnected now, aren't they? Because she's yeah. got all this she's got all this this life that he that she won't let him in on. And yeah, and she's now just treating him like an annoying child, yeah. isn't she? Yeah. Um And it was weird when Lee had lunch with Tony. <laughs> And Tony was just like, oh, it's just the two of us. Uh, yeah, whatever. And he was like, yeah, okay, great. It just, yeah, it's, I know. it's, it's odd, nuts. isn't it? Yeah. That it's, yeah. Uh, Catherine Wright has a prediction and said, I think we're being set up for a Tony has dementia story. What? He's forgotten the name of two simple things over the past couple of weeks. A hoe this week in a scene with Tom. You heard it here first. A hoe? A hoe. Ho, ho, ho. I don't remember that. I don't remember. What, he that. couldn't remember the name of a hoe. Mm. Which hoe? <laughs> Dad, you don't remember the hoe? <laughs> huh? Uh, uh, don't tell you Sharon, mother. years ago. <laughs> Interesting. Um, now. Because if they're going to do it, they are going to feed it in a tiny, yeah. tiny way like that, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate Bazicki says that she loved the Watercrest audio diary and oh, would enjoy thanks, more guys. of them. Gosh, thanks. Where shall I go next? <laughs> I'm going to go to Italy. Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to oh. Italy in the end of July. Are you? Can you I do, can do a little package? Should I do a Florence package? Yes. Yes. A Florence. See if I can meet any of Stella's sisters. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. Now, Kate has a very charitable view of uh, the twenty thousandth episode, which Jeff and I were rescathing about. Oh, was that which one was it? The one where nothing happened. The one where the one where Tom was said, it? "Let's go and see Rob and really oh, tell him okay, to okay. stop being horrid." Mm. Yeah, okay, that will work. Uh, she said, "I believe the writers wanted to accomplish a few goals: refer back to the didactic farm education part of the show, highlight the young characters, and bring out a dramatic theme of Ambridge's troubled men that has been prominent in the arch as long as I have listened." They accomplished that with the very educational talk about. Um, about the behaviour between old stalwart Neil and young George, George's obnoxious self, and Tom and Lee's ridiculous plot to confront Rob. Plus, there is a fascinating natural connection between Rob and George because both are manipulative, misogynistic, and ambitious. Although many people were disappointed, I felt the episode accomplished a lot by linking to key Archer's tropes. Oh wow! Now there is a there is a, a solid listener and a generous human. Yes. Um, yes, uh, Shelley Eden says, I am in agreement with the theory that Lee will go to jail for punching Rob or kicking him. Um, but would you though? I mean, like, I was really surprised when Harrison said, or whoever said, you either write the apology, but or you could be facing six months. But he's, then he went on to say, that's the absolute yeah, most. Yeah, because it, it's yeah. unlikely, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Shelley says, I remember exactly where I was listening when uh, Helen stabbed Rob. It is very important to me that somebody shoots Rob at some stage. Appreciate you arranging this soonest, Shelley. <laughs> Righto, Shelley. Anytime. Well, it's, it might be that Pat doesn't get her shotgun out now if he's got a brain tumour. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, Come if he's on, got Pat. a brain tumour, we might want to be finished off anyway. Yeah. Might not mind so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, David Wright. Um, he was the gentleman who messaged us last week to say that his uh, 
grandmother. My, Ooh, his mother. Was the voice actress? Played two characters, yeah. Yes, Esma. But yeah. I couldn't remember. Um, and I thought, oh, I should listen back. And and then I just thought, oh, God, I can't. I can't. I can't be bothered to listen back. But I would love to know what her surname was because I wanted to look her up. Ah, Esma. Well. He says. So I remember. I remembered the first name because it's such a cool name. Yeah, uh, I will. Esma Wilson. Esma Wilson. That's really cool, isn't it? To have a yeah. mum who'd been in the Arches. He said. So we were asking what what characters uh, his mother had played. He said Debbie Glover worked for Carol Tregoran, who was then Carol oh, Gray, right. in the late nineteen fifties in her market garden business. Jack Archer, then the foreman for Carol, thought she was a piece of work and gave her the sack, but he got a real mouthful back. Determined on revenge against the Archer family, she went on to spread false rumours that Phil Archer was having a fling with Rita Flynn, the Irish barmaid at the Bull, then played by June Spencer, before she took over from Thelma Rogers as Peggy. However, she later redeemed herself when she tipped off PC Bryden, Harrisman's longtime predecessor, about the imminent theft of a bus. Why would anyone steal a bus? Anyway... Walter Gabriel felt sorry for her when he found her crying alone in St. Stephen's one Christmas because her mother was penniless and gave her a hamper he'd won, tactfully telling her that she was the winner. Undeceived, she didn't forget his kindness and gave him a bulldog called Butch when he was looking for a new pet. A bit of a Chelsea Horobin type. Plus ça change. Even then, some of the listeners seemed unable to distinguish fiction from reality. One angry lady began writing to Debbie Glover, care of BBC Birmingham, and harangued her regularly. How dare you speak to <laughs> Phil like that, etc. Her correspondence appeared to be written on Eisel toilet paper, so we can assume she vented her spleen while performing her ablutions. <laughs> oh, God. I've just found um, an old Twitter um, when when Esma Wilson died. Ah. Um, the BBC Archers uh, shared the news and they've got a nice photo of her ah. with Alan Deverer as Sid Perks. Ah. Yeah. Huh. So if you Google her, yeah, it's really cool. Um. Uh, I'm most disturbed in that story about the Eisel lavatory paper because it brings back horrible memories of um, my great aunt Elsie having Eisel. It just doesn't absorb anything. It was unabsorbent. Ew. It was like... It was, was like, like the tracing paper one? It was, yes, it was like yeah, water repellent. Yeah, that you had in primary school. Yeah. yeah, we had it in primary school. Yeah, it's... yeah the Water repellent. It, exactly. How weird. Mm. How, it's so strange, isn't it, that that loo paper was designed not to absorb. <laughs> Very odd. Yeah, I yeah it, we had it all through school. Yeah. It's disgusting. Um, Michael Gorman has emailed us about Cress. Oh, can I just apologise to Michael Gorman for whispering? Yeah. I'm not going to do it again. Okay, then. Um, he's now crossly turning his... <laughs> well, he didn't hear what I said because I was whispering, so it's fine. <laughs> he said, Cress is also called mustard and cress, pepperwort and poor man's pepper. Is... Uh, oh. Lepidium sativum, and is related to watercress, which is Natursium officinal, both members of the mustard family. All this is from the Encyclopaedia Britannica, as I know nothing much about watercress, <laughs> other than that it is the basis of the best soup out there. And there is a marvellous H.E. Bates story called The Watercress Girl that was made into a television play starring oh, the wow. late Susan Fleetwood. Oh, I'm definitely looking that up. Yep. I love Michael um, Gorman. I love Michael Gorman, and I love mustardy stuff. Mustardy stuff. Anything mustard, Lisa. Just bring nice, it on. Anything nice. peppery. It's really different. It's, it's really different. It's really different. It's tantalizing. Um, this is a message for somebody who wants to uh, be anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, she said <laughs> she she wanted to write an option but never has anything to say. 
However, recently with the Rob Helen storyline, my Archers and AOTC peaceful refuge has shifted away. Like Helen and far too many other people, I experienced an abusive marriage and have two children. Unfortunately, unlike Helen and like far too many others, I do not have a wonderful support group of friends and family and have no legal protection. In my experience, perhaps depending on culture and micro societal beliefs, many women in abusive relationships are not supported by family and friends who often urge us to try harder. And in my Canadian jurisdiction, each province is a bit different. It is nearly impossible for one parent to have 100% of the parenting time. And never does a parent lose legal custody unless they want to. Protective God. orders are exceedingly difficult to obtain, especially if the children have not been directly physically abused. And in such a case, the courts prefer to send the children to a foster family as a non-abusive parent is seen to be blameworthy for not protecting the children from the abuser. In addition to my own experience, I was a family law attorney, but the misery of the legal system took the wind out of my sails as I was utterly unable to adequately advocate for my clients in such a biased system. Oh, my God. I've had a tough time listening to The Archers and Ambridge on the Couch as I get physically nauseated with the Rob Helen storyline. And given that I'm a proud, strong, tough, card-carrying member of Gen X, I don't consider myself to be particularly sensitive to such things. I'm surprised to have found that as the storyline drags on, instead of being keen to have my Archers fixed as a solace and small bit of joy in my day, I'm reluctant to listen. I understand it's an exciting and dramatic storyline for the show and keeps many listeners on their toes, but I absolutely cannot wait until it is all over so I can resume enjoying the show again. Please, more Jazza and Tracy, Susan and Neil, the stuff that could take me out of real life and plunk me into another better world. Oh, gosh, that's awful. It is, isn't it? Well, it's so, it sounds like it's completely messed up, the legal system yeah. over there. That's terrible. But, Mrs Anonymous, the more we talk about this stuff, the better. The more the Archers talks about it, the better. If it helps people that don't know what's happening to them, that blame themselves, that think he's not hitting me, so how can this be bad? Then that's only, I know it's hard to listen to. I do. I really, well, really, really get that. And as well, it will end. It yeah. will. You know, this is this is the this is the end of this story yes. coming up, isn't it? Yeah. And then, but I can totally understand why. Yeah, why you mm. why you can't listen. Mm because it's too it's too painful and raw isn't it but yeah. it will end and then you can come back and listen to uh, the summer fate episodes yes which will be full of hilarious japes <laughs> and not a robin sight and it made me think of robin helen because there was a story in an australian newspaper the other day about a woman who was she was an 89 year old woman in australia who was arrested uh, for antisocial behaviour, for dancing on her husband's grave and singing Who's Sorry Now. <laughs> so I like to think that will be all of us when Rob finally goes. <laughs> um, well, we send lots of love to Mrs yes. Anonymous and I promise that the archers, uh, yes, the, the the good times will roll back again. Yes. But it's hard, you, it's always, I mean, you know, I think anybody, when you're going through something, terrible it's not actually it's it's too difficult to watch um that happening in a drama at the same time yeah. is it because yeah. it's just too painful yeah but um yeah hopefully hopefully uh yeah the artists yeah, will be back to um silly sausages soon <laughs> <laughs> um this is a quite a shouty message from steve right. barry is it all in capitals uh, some of it is yes 
Okay. Uh, secondly, well, secondly, um, Freddie, Adam, George, Brian, and frankly, the rest of the cast at times, for goodness sake, grow up, in capital letters, with three exclamation marks. <laughs> Freddie, your actions are split between being vaguely competent and being a petulant teenager. It's mm-hmm. hardly surprising that the trustees are reluctant to turn the property over to you. I agree that Nigel was held in huge affection, partly because of his Worcesterish personality. I've read quite a lot of Woodhouse and he describes many characters very well. Nowhere in his oeuvre do I recall him doing stroppy late adolescent due to developmental delay. A lot of his apparent behaviour seems to fit someone who still feels that he was poorly treated by the legal system. Mm. He was selling drugs and nearly killed your cousin. Regarding the estate being in trust, may, um, my understanding is that as the property had been in the Parger to Oh yes, because uh, Jeff was asking why was it in trust? Why yeah. is Lower Loxley in trust? Yeah. The property had been in the Pargeta family for many generations. Nigel took care to leave the estate in what is known as an immediate post-death interest trust. The estate will ultimately pass to Freddie, but in the meantime, it is to be held by the trustees on trust for Elizabeth for life. This means that she has the right to live in the property during her lifetime. In addition to giving his widow the right to occupy the property, Nigel has also avoided inheritance tax because Elizabeth's life interest is treated for inheritance tax purposes as a transfer of the property to her and is thus free of it due to the surviving spouse exemption. God, well done, Lucy. That was a lot to say. Adam, what a pathetic little worm. George, (laughs) a nasty self-obsessed little worm. Brian, I would be prepared to give a little bit of leeway with him being recently bereaved if this did not fit into a pattern of behaviour. And thank you, Steve, for picking up at the Lady Beatrice counterblast reference, which will mean nothing to anybody except you and me, I suspect. But anyway. But actually, it was quite interesting this week. I suppose there were a lot of men acting like silly little boys. Yes. And then that was really contrasted with Helen's super strength. Yeah. Yeah. And also Stella's sort of get on with it attitude yeah, pragmatism pragmatism this is the world in which we unfortunately have to live so how do i get what i want out of it yeah mm. yeah I, mean, I wonder if the, the script writers did that on purpose just to contrast the mm. silly little ones um last week's music this is from jane stevenson in cornwall who's finished painting last week's music from matt was utter genius i do not know how he turns the tunes out week after week us neither it's a miracle he is superhuman uh she said she has a boring prediction i think trust is the most important factor in a relationship for helen so i think she will end it with lee yeah lee will then got to live in the states with his children yeah i feel that's coming Unless he goes to prison, which I doubt will happen. Also, do you think Freddie has gone some sort of character transfusion? He seems to have been body snatched by a 12-year-old. Even his voice has changed. I think he's right to give up on the inheritance and do his own thing, but the character change is a bit weird. Well, Freddie's got two personalities, hasn't he? He's got sort of sensible... um... And quite caring, Freddie. Yes, exactly. Mm. You know, all that stuff with Chelsea and being sweet and, um, you know, and even the painting stuff being... But then he's got this terrible whiny voice, which makes us all feel a bit repellent. Mm. No, repel Repelled. Re- repelled. <laughs> I mean, I just feel repellent anyway. <laughs> this is from uh, Janine, who says, how can Helen meet Rob when she has a restraining order against him? Plus she made the first contact by emailing him. Good point. Lee will get yeah. a criminal record and have to declare it as a physio. That might be an issue. Will he get a visa to visit the USA yes. with one to visit Evil and Table yeah. or whatever their names are? That crossed my mind, actually, because mm. if he does get a criminal record, you're not allowed in the States with one, are you? Yeah, well, that's why um, that's why that she wants him to sign mm. the community what's-it order. Yeah. 
Didn't think that Lee reacting to Rob physically was at all believable. Either way, Sausage Boy's a prick. Would have loved to have heard Natasha's reaction to his and Lee's escapade. Yeah, I missed Natasha. I could. I would have yeah, loved after to. After Tom For having God a massive sake, go, at, but also having had a massive go at Natasha. Yeah. For going with Helen to yeah. meet Jess. He is just such a knob face, isn't he? Yeah. Poor old thing. He's just always trying to prove... He's desperately trying to prove himself, isn't yeah. he? Lee being, over, being invited over to Bridge Farm for lunch. Notice Helen got out of it because Tony said Pat's made soup. Tony's thinking <laughs> the more people he can get to come over, over the less of Pat's turnip and pig's tail soup he'll have to eat. No wonder Tony loves his tiny little bowl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, um, <laughs> there must be a secret um you know when you're little well i don't know if you did but you know you put your old sandwiches that you don't want down the radiator and ugh. that's what we used to do but then tony must have a secret little hidey hole in the kitchen where he can just pour the soup that he doesn't want to eat tony have you finished your soup yeah yeah <laughs> i finished it what one, one second yeah all gone now and there's just clean bowl. There's just a bucket. Now can I have with... my biscuit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I do think sometimes the scriptwriters know exactly what they're doing, though. When they put Pat's made soup, I just yeah, thought, you of know, course, we know, of course, we know, of course. Of course. Um, James Everett uh, said, uh, "Oh, he said he really enjoyed Kirsty's little prime crime podcast. This is the, the, the surprise <laughs> extra." But I slightly feel that she's from coming BBC from BBC Sounds and Radio 4 Longwave comes the beginning. <laughs> uh, but I slightly feel that she's coming for my brand of old archers clips, he says. Oh, no. Anyway, <laughs> it's a standoff. It's an Everett Krusty standoff. He said, I'm not sure who's worse, Ben or Freddie P. On Open Farm, I can tell you that, it's Freddie P. On yeah. Open Farm Sunday, he ended up just being condescending to poor Harrison while Pip was stuck cooking bacon. He was condescending to, to Harrison, but then Harrison felt that, you know, 30 days of getting to know oh, the yeah. countryside consisted of eating his packed lunch outside. It was weird, but why Harrison, they've turned Harrison into this sort of childlike... Another one. Clueless. Yes, this is Wally. The whole of Ambridge is just full of man children. Yes, but it was weird when Ben was sort of going, and this is a piece of grass. Yeah. And this is a tree with some hawthorn in it or whatever. It's not, is it? Bloody hell. It's such a tree. (laughs) And there are flies in it. But it was. It is strange. I don't know what it is about. Maybe it's about the way Harrison reacts to the countryside. Ah! It's just permanently astonished by all of it. It's like he's only just arrived in the village. Yeah, he hasn't been living here for ten years. Strange. Um, uh, he's uh, James says Freddie P is so ungrateful. He only cares about Locksley if he's going to Freddie P. I love the way he's just Freddie P now. DJ Freddie P. As soon as the idea of him not inheriting comes up, he straight away loses all interest. Also, it was quite rude of him to snub Vince's job offer in such a rude way. Yeah. Obviously, he doesn't care about anything but himself. He doesn't deserve it. Should go to Lily, who actually cares for the place, cares so much that she's doing a unicorn to help manage it. Yeah. Personally, I think Pip would be the ideal woman to run lower looks. <laughs> of course you do, James. Well, there's... Rory has now somehow become the best of the three, he said. Yeah. 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 What a well brought up young man who recognises that he was very rude to Vince. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, that was funny, that, that Rory thing. What, Rory coming back? Yeah. And just sort of going, sorry. Sitting in okay? an armchair, having lunch and leaving again. Yeah. 
I mean, and and for... fixing the oil on the thingy. Yeah. Well, they've just they just needed to get him mm. back. But why actually? Because why did he have to come back this week? I do. If, if it's just a one-off, mm. was it to make? Was it to sort of make Brian see sense a bit with Stella? I don't know. Mm. Anyway, don't I don't know. think he did. Well, really. it's, um, nice that, it's nice that he's living a normal life suddenly. This is from Auntie Jo, not Everett, but O'Leary, who says, as a resident of the near Swindon area, firstly, I could have recommended a cafe with much more atmosphere than where <laughs> Helen met Rob and not in Swindon. Although I wouldn't want to inflict that snivelling on the other customers, so perhaps it's best it was deserted. <laughs> it was of all so the monumentally... Deserted. Of all the monumentally <laughs> stupid ideas that emerge from Bridge Farm, this has to be in the top one. In other news, I'm very glad that the nudist drill issue has been resolved and very much looking forward to Adam and Kate joyfully celebrating Rory inheriting home farm. Oh, that yes. 15 grand for Martha will soon pale into insignificance. <laughs> Interesting. So maybe that's why he came back. Yes, it all might be leading up to that. <laughs> um, yeah. Somebody, Omaraid, um, said, is Elon Musk an Archer's fan? She said uh, she was uh, uh, reading Twitter uh, about uh, the Lee and Rob, the Rob and Helen thing. And then immediately under it, like two seconds after Rob had come back. Yeah. It said, Darth Vader has arrived. <laughs> With 15 new Newt Lair and Darth Vader first edition Star Wars digital toys. And there's a big picture of Darth Vader. Uh, now, Daniel Millichip, who we referred to as our youth advisor. Yes. Uh, has messaged and he said, as a resident of... Because I was taking the piss out of uh, Peterborough a little bit because Ruth kept going on about, it's a big deal, Peterborough. Because she was going to go and do her farm tour. Oh, yeah. As a resident of Peterborough, well, actually, it's Stanford, you know. From the best place to live awards until everyone moved here and our public oh. services and roads can no longer cope. Stanford's gorgeous. The opportunity for me to interview Ruth on her trip to Peterborough is the one time I will actually say I am from Peterborough in a desperate attempt to meet her. I cannot wait to hear what she thinks of Ferry Meadows, Queensgate Shopping Centre and the hover train at Rail World. Daniel, my sister used to run the cafe at Ferry Meadows. Oh, wow. Mm. So you and my know uncle it. was a warden there. God, Stanford looks lovely. At Stanford's gorgeous. It's where they film all the Austin things. They're forever filming oh, in Stanford. right. And so um, that's Lincolnshire, is it, up there? It's. A, I think it's on the border between Lincolnshire and Cambridgeshire. It's. It all gets a bit blurry. And then oh, there's right. Rutland hovering around somewhere else as well. Um, but, uh, yes. So I'm very fond of Ferry Meadows. And I, 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 was, I was violently sick on a toy train. Yes. Anyway. Um, uh, he said the idea quite of near Alton Towers. Yeah. <laughs> On the naughty train. The idea of being youth correspondent thrills me. Although perhaps Yay. at 34, I am youth in the what? Archer's world. <laughs> oh, is Daniel 34? No, no, no. Not Daniel Everett. Oh. Daniel Millichip. But Daniel Millichip, who was our youth correspondent, is 34. Yes. So I think Why did we think he was lost 16? that title and it's now gone to Daniel Everett, <laughs> who is 14. Yes, I think um, yes. 34 is... Basically, mm. You're my age. It. You're taking yeah. the piss a bit, Daniel, aren't you? Yeah. Quite frankly. Come on now, Daniel. Yeah. And also, I need to apologise to Diana Quick, not the actress, as she keeps having to point out. Bless yeah. her. Um, yeah. Who's in Brooklyn? Um, she listens to us uh, in the mornings, 
on Sunday when she's on her way to get bagels, she says. Oh, I could do with a bagel right now. But serious point, I used the phrase last week that somebody had committed suicide and I should have said died by suicide. So I apologise oh, yeah. and I will not do that again. No. Um, she says since suicide should not be considered a crime, it's better not to use yeah. committed. So I apologise, Diana, and you're quite right and I will adjust it. Yes, do better, Lucy. Yes, I will. Can I have a bagel now? Oh yeah. my God, I, could, I really need a Can bagel. I live in Brooklyn now? Actually, I don't want to live in Brooklyn. Oh, don't you? Bit, I, I like going there. I'm a bit scared of living there. I'm not cool enough. I'd quite like to live there for a, a year. So yeah. just so I could come back and say, oh yeah, I used to live in Brooklyn. When I was in Brooklyn, yeah. Yeah, when I, was in, when I used to walk over that bridge. Brudge. That bridge. <laughs> when I used to walk over the bridge. <laughs> to Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we do what the hell is happening here? What the hell? Oh yeah, I'm going to sing live on this one, aren't I? Oh, are you? Oh, I haven't put that Don't one know. in. No, I, I think she's a she doesn't one. matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. What the hell is happening? What the hell is happening? <laughs> there, we got it in stereo. Right, yeah. and here is the clip. Tony still can't do very much. No, I know. And as for Adam and Ian. <laughs> I really no, don't think we should be bothering them at the moment. Oh, what about the competition, though? It only takes one house to blight the entire ensemble. Even so, I don't think it's fair. <gasps> Not when people have got more important things to deal with. But this is important. What about <laughs> the hard work everyone else has put in, Jill? You're not cycling home, are you, Linda? <laughs> cycling? That is your bike over there. Well, it's not going to be there when the judges come. No, I didn't mean We that. won't stand a chance if the green isn't immaculate. But surely it's the taking part that counts. Heavens no. I want to win. <laughs> There's not a lot of point in doing it otherwise. <laughs> what was the hiccuping? She was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> what did she say at the beginning? She, she just said it completely like this. Not now, down yeah. <laughs> You know it's Linda if she's doing a bit of vocal fry. <laughs> she was drunk. Ah. But what? I don't know what the hell was happening here. I know what the hell was happening there. Do you? Mm. There was some sort of competition. That's all I got. Okay. And Jill was young. Yes. Jill is Jill how we remember Jill. Yes. Isn't she? she was Jillish. Oh, dear Jill. Chucking flatback jacks about and yeah. interfering and, and making people feel judged. Pottering around and yeah. cooking many more cakes. Yes. Um, don't know what was happening there. Do you remember that then? Yes. Mm, I don't know. Some mm. competition. Uh, did, did Is Phil alive? Jill said, mentioned Phil, didn't she, at the beginning? Or am I imagining that? I don't know. I was too busy listening to Linda. Yeah, me too. I was trying to imitate And her. actually you said something and I thought it was Linda. Yeah, sorry. I was just copying what she did. No, but it was so accurate though. I thought it was her. Because you're quite good now. at this voice malarkey. I don't no, know if well, anyone's it... ever mentioned it. No, it's you only about because doing she... it as a career. <laughs> well, I can only do it if I hear it and I can copy it. That's the trouble. I actually need to hear it often. No, you don't. You, know, you can always get into crusty and... Well, it's always better if you hear them first. Mm. But when I did do um, uh, Newsoids, whatever it's called, an impress mm. Impressions TV show, do you see? Um, I was quite reassured that, uh, that a lot of the top impressionists on that show would listen to a reference before they yeah. did their scene. I'm sure they did. Although they can't do that on Dead Ringers because it's all live. Mm. I think that's quite scary. Mm. 
Radio Borsetshire. Colin, Colin, ask me what I did last weekend. Go on, ask me. Do you want to know? I went to a classic concert. No, not classic, Mariah, real classic, where everyone is shush and you have to wait to clap for ages to make sure it have properly finished. It was very good until they played that one they played at Lady Diana's funeral, and then I lost the control and sob. Graham had to take me outside and give me a suck on his inhaler to calm me down. Are we ready soon? Oh, oh now? Hello, hello, it is me, Fabrizio Felbrisham, looking like I have just stepped out of the salon, because I have. This week, Fabrice was called in to do an important, urgent rescue. I am the fourth emergency service. Which one do you require? Fire, police, ambulance or style? And that one is me. So I put my pink flashing light onto my woohoo and drove straight over to Ambridge where somebody was having a style crisis. Hello, hello, it is me. I respond to your SOS call, Mrs. Tracy Orrible, and here I am. What is problem here, please, thank you? Come in quick. Please keep this under up for Breeze. I am not where at. Last time I did, everyone on Twitter said I look like Belgium Eurovision entry, so I stop now. But I am soul of discreet, so go right ahead. My lips are a seal. I need a wedded look. Bit of glamour, bit of a makeover, and I know what you're going to say. You know that I am going to say, why is there a big airy handbag on that chair? Oh, that's Jezzer's bagpipes. No, I thought you were going to say I live with Chelsea. Why would I need someone else to do a makeover? But I do. She just makes me try and look like her. I'm 40. Possibly, the script writers are never very clear, but definitely not 24. She's on about wing eyeliner and all that. She tried contouring the other day and I looked like I'd been at a kiddie's party and someone had face-painted me as a tiger. I get it. You wanted to look style, but John Collins, not Gemma Collins. I can help. Oh, brilliant. Thanks, Febreze. That's a real comfort. Have a seat. Oh, I have a flattened bag poop. Sorry. Now, what will you be wear? A dress of Joe Leeds. Just needs a bit of alteration, really. Take it up at the cleavage, lower the M, adjust the waist, change the colour and different material. OK, so work in progress. Let's have a look at your skin. Turn toward the light. Your nose is a little prominent. Noses running our family. Well, that explains Chelsea. But... With some clever work on the base, we should be able to minimise. Sorry, Tracy, I am not saying you are Cyrano de Bergerac. I should hope not. I've never been to Jersey. Now, in terms of colour, I want to make my eyes pop. Wait until you get a bill from Jolene. That'll do it. Let's see. Now, your eyes are a sort of grey, brown, green. Khaki, basically. Great. So I should wear camo, then. Is that what you're saying? Maybe two blooming black stripes on my cheeks like Rambo. Hi, Bob. Bob? What are you doing? Chelsea! It's not what you think. Febreze is just here to... We're having an affair. Oh, please. It's way worse than that. He's doing your makeup, isn't he? He is, love. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Chelsea. Ah! 
Chelsea! Chelsea! Come back, love. We need to talk about this. Good. My work here is done. Another crisis averted. Or really, diverted. Because it's now a completely different crisis. Well done to me. Radio Borsetshire. Patreon, we've got one. Please give us some money. Thank uh, you. That's it. Ambridge on the couch. Patreon. Thank you very much. Patreon.com. Um, Thank you very much for reviewing. Yes. Everybody who's been super kind and written lovely things that makes our hearts sing. Oh, are you going to go and see the new musical? Uh, oh, God, which one is it? I saw well, it Am- and I thought, oh, I bet Ambridge on the stage. No, you twerp. Crazy for you. 42nd Street. Oh, well, um, I know that that is doing... Yeah, of course I am. (laughs) Me and Annabelle Dowler will be donning our tap shoes. No, uh, I'm not going to see that because... uh, Isn't it just doing a short run? I don't know. But I am going to see Crazy For You next week. Okay. Yeah. It's a really good one. It's... um, I've got rhythm. Ah. It's uh, like one of those sort of musicals that merges... Cole Porter or yeah, a couple of good, you know, songwriters, etc. Yes. yes, it's very cool. Okay, and uh, thank oh, is that you- it now? What is that it now? Yeah. Okay. Um, this week Matt has done an incredibly sinister piece. Oh, good. Uh, for to to commemorate Rob. Yes, Rob to Vader. commemorate. <laughs> yes, the return of Rob. Are you ready? Yeah. Actually, would, let's see. Do you remember Tubular Bells? I've heard of them. I, I know they were a band in, no. the long, in the long time ago. They went to band, you banana. Weren't they? No, were it's they? Mike Oldfield. It was a track. What? Oh, okay, whatever. I know it was like a thing along in the past. <laughs> right, here it is anyway. Mr. Me, and Dan- S- me and Daniel Milichip are very young. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Sinister Music starting now. <laughs> Didn't that have 80s crime drama written all over it? Yes, it did. It was like you could see the credits rolling yeah. and sort of, there'd be like a magnifying glass yes. coming down and yes. then magnifying a print of fingerprint. <laughs> and it would all be very busy. Yes. And there'd be a bit of yellow and black and yeah. red drops of blood. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. But sinister, I thought. But sinister and yes. weird. Mm. Is that Tubular Bells then? Tubular Bells. Tubular Bells, yes. Bells. <laughs> Don't mind me while I wobble off. <laughs> um, very cool. I can't remember why Linda was drunk. I remember what the thing was. Right. But I can't remember why she was drunk. Well, they must have been walking back from the bull because they're walking across the green. Oh, they? hang on. Wasn't it? Oh, no, maybe I do. I don't know. Oh, James, you are too good at this. You are devious. devious oh, yeah. We found out what last week's was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's very good. He it, it also there's a skill in picking out something that's very that's not similar to the week before. Yes, I know, I know. God, he's like a our proper archivist. Mm. I really hope he's passed his GCSEs slash A levels <laughs> slash baccalaureate whatever he's doing now. I feel so awful if he doesn't get into the uni he wants to get into because he's just <laughs> spending all his time on. I don't. I li- I just don't even know where he gets this stuff. No. That's what I can't understand. They're not on YouTube, are they, these episodes? <laughs> How do you get know. the episodes? He's got maybe he scene. doesn't want to ruin the illusion. Yeah, well, he obviously knows someone maybe in he's, the Archers. Maybe James Ar- Everett is actually a pseudonym for Kerry Davis and he's just doing this <laughs> to wind us up. Right, are you going to go and have your nap now? No, I've got to go and take someone to gymnastics now. Oh. No, I won't have my nap till about 3pm. Okay. Yeah, 3pm yeah. is a good time. Perfect. Yeah. Have a lovely weekend, Lucy. And you? Thank and you much. Um, don't get thundered on. Oh, no, I'm quite looking forward to that. Well, I would be if I wasn't at the beach tomorrow. But Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you swim in the sea if it's thundering no. and lightning? No. Can you not? No. Oh, really? Because it's water. <sighs> oh, yeah, because water, oh, yeah, it's like the bath. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's annoying. You oh, really just get... worry me. You shouldn't <laughs> be allowed out without a responsible adult. <laughs> I, it, I just, the thing is, it's like, I know I've known all this stuff, but it gets confused. So when I was on my bike the other day in a thunderstorm, I couldn't remember if it was a good thing to be on a bike or a bad thing. So you sat under a tree while you had to think about it. <laughs> Rested against a pylon. I climbed to the top of a tree and <laughs> held an think. umbrella up. <laughs> Until I smelt smoke. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yes, I just get confused. I don't remember things no, very much. I they go, come in and they go straight out again. That's the trouble. I was reading a thing about um, mindfulness and meditation and all that as part of my Buddhism thingy. And it oh, said... God, are you really becoming Buddhist? No, I'm not becoming Buddhist. Um, and uh, I'm interested in Zen Buddhism as a thing. I think it's Obst. interesting. Obst, uh, I can tell you're super Zen. But... Yeah. <laughs> permanently furious with everybody all the time um but they said just let your thoughts come in and go straight out again and i thought i do that all the time why am i not the most relaxed person the difficulty i have is actually hanging on to them before they just disappear especially important things yes i frequently say to children oh hang on something worried me then but now i've forgotten what it was hang on a minute so i have to have a pro it's like when you've had a teeth a tooth taken out and you keep sticking your tongue in the hole where the tooth was and it's like i have to keep sort of doing that with my brain to try and find out where the gap is i'm like ah yes but i think that's the problem with our modern world because often it'll be because you've seen an email that's reminded you of something Mm. bad or annoying that you're having to do or Mm. but then you've instantly moved on and then you can't remember the bad yes there's too much input going on too much too much stuff going on mm. bring yeah. back tubular bells is what i say <laughs> lucy every day bring back tubular bells and new emails think of 
Thank you. <laughs> right. Okay. Go to gymnastics. Cheers, Have See a you great later. weekend. Bye. Bye.